Isaiah chapter 41, uh, beginning at verse 10. I'm going to read two verses, but I'm going to deal with one probably. He says, everybody got it? He says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. I want to talk about this morning the different faces of fear. The different faces of fear. Go for it. The different faces of fear. Come on, say it one more time. Let it roll off your tongue a little bit. The different faces of fear. Face recognition technology is relatively new. The technology of face recognition works like this. The face scan is packed into the top area of your phone called the True Depth Camera System. It scans the shape of your face with an infrared light, a beam of 30,000 dots that are invisible to the human eye. And it works best if the phone is held at least 10 to 20 inches from your face. How many got an iPhone? How many use facial recognition to unlock your phone? But I found out recently that iPhone has a glitch in its facial identity to unlock the phone. The reason for it is is that no one else can access your personal information. So on resurrection evening, my daughter took her phone, my oldest daughter, and she says, Daddy, look, Faith can open my phone with her face. I said, no, not not with that type of technology. So she took her face and she put it up to her phone, amen, and it unlocked the phone. What was meant to be a sure thing proved to be compromised. So it is with fear. It has a true depth camera system attached to it. And if you're not careful, it can unlock your personal data and compromise the plan that God has for your life. I wish I had somebody. In other words, fear can unlock some things 
amen, and access some things, and it can come in different faces if we're not careful, and we can give it access to our desires, to our destiny, amen, and deliberately deny that it's actually destroying us from the inside out. Do I have a witness? I don't know where you're compromised this morning. Come on, somebody. I don't know, amen, amen, what you're going through right now, what's holding you back from going forward, but I don't know what face of fear has unlocked, come on somebody, your life and has kept you in bondage. But I believe, hallelujah, that God is telling us this morning that we have to recognize the faces of fear and overcome it so that we can go for it. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to go for it. In this passage, we find that there are different periods that Isaiah is writing to. From chapters 1 to chapter 39, he's writing to the Assyrian period where the Assyrians were in power. He told them that they would be judged for by God for their immorality and idolatry and eventually all the tribes were dispersed except for the tribe of Judah. <clears throat> in chapters 40 to 55 we find and, and, and the reason I'm giving you the context here, because in order for you to understand where I'm going with this, you got to know the context. In chapters 40, 40 to chapter 55, we find that Isaiah's writing now to the Babylonian period. Now, if you understand the Babylonian period, you'll understand that some of it is prophetically and some of it is actually. In other words, God had prophesied through Jeremiah that they were going to go into captivity for 70 years. And now they find themselves as exiles in Babylon. Do I have a witness? And then Isaiah writes to the Persian period. See, here's the thing. The Babylonians didn't think that they were ever going to fall off of power. They thought that they would forever be in control. But tell your neighbor, God has a plan. See, just when the devil thinks that he has control over your life, you got to believe that God has a plan. Amen. And, and no weapons formed against you shall prosper, but you got to believe that what God began in you, he will finish. Do I have anybody? The time period that, that Isaiah writes, he writes during a period where they were living in fear. They're living in fear. In chapter 40, he gives them an encouraging word. You've read it before. Have you not heard the everlasting God, the God of the universe? He neither slumbers nor sleep. He gives you wings like eagle. Chapter 40, everybody knows, but it's when you flip to chapter 41, this is where the real deal starts. See, I don't know if you're in chapter 40. And we all want a little encouraging word, but I want to say to somebody here today that fear can grip your life. Fear can stop you, amen, from doing the best that you can. Fear can keep you 
Amen. Locked up right where you are. But see, the, they were living in fear because as the exiles, were, as they were preparing to come back to the land, they looked around and this is what they saw. They saw all the other nations around them and they were afraid. Brings me back to when they were going to possess Canaan. And God told them, amen. Moses said, go over there, spy out the land, come back, give me a report. What happened? They went in there and they got, they got afraid. They were scared. Out of the 12 tri- of the twelve people that went in, 10 came back and said, hey man, uh, we, we can't do that. T- tell your neighbor that's fear. Whenever you don't believe that you can do something, tell your neighbor that's fear. Whenever you try to rationalize why you can't do it, tell your neighbor that's fear. Whenever you talk yourself out of doing it, tell your neighbor, that's fear. See, I've talked myself out of a whole lot of things. Amen. Trying to rationalize and use reasoning, but, but, but we walk by faith. Come on, somebody. When I look around, I, I see the Assyrians. I see the Babylonians. Come on, somebody. And I see the Persians. I see people that are bigger than me, that are mightier than me, that are stronger than me, but I know somebody. I know my God is able to do exceedingly, oh Lord have mercy, abundantly above all that I could even ask or think. I know how fear works because I've lived in the valley of fear, come on somebody, for a long time. Amen. It's possible Amen. And it's not possible, actually, to have fear and faith at the same time. They cannot exist in the same room. The people looked around, and when God gave them the the, the direction and the derivative, and he told them, it's time to move forward, they started to look around and started to rationalize. How many of you are rationalizing right now? How many of you are trying to make sense of the situation? Come on, somebody. You're trying to make sense of the situation. And God says, baby boo, you got to walk by faith. (laughs) There are seven faces today. There are seven faces. So I said, I don't think I'm going to get through this. There are seven faces that I want to show you. And and, and I want to tell somebody this. Not only did they look around and they were afraid. But then they looked at where they were. They were in exile. And here's what they were thinking about. They were thinking about, man, we're going back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is destroyed. Now, how in the world are we going to rebuild? See, I believe that we're so concerned about what we can do. But we don't realize that God is bigger than what we can do. That God can do it for you. See, because what God did, God answered that question. God rose up Cyrus, the king, and financed their trip back. Come on, somebody. See, what they thought was impossible, God made it possible. 
Nehemiah went before the king and said, hey, king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? Nehemiah said, man, Jerusalem is, is broken down. My people are in a, in a shamble. He said, I tell you what, come on, let me help you out right quick. He said, not only will I send you back, but I'm going to give you everything. Tell your neighbor, God will give you everything you need if you walk by faith. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning that you're walking in fear and you're not walking by faith and you're worried about how, but stop asking how and look at who can do it for you. Do I have anybody? Not, not, only, not only did they question what God can do, but watch this, they questioned themselves. Do I really have the ability? Do I really have the skill? When Nehemiah got back, you know what happened? God provided everything that he needed to rebuild that wall. And I want to help somebody today. And I want to tell somebody that you got to learn how to identify whatever fear has captivated your life and has held you captive. Let's look at it. Number one, he says in verse 4, Chapter 41, verse 10, I'm going to get right to it. He says, do not fear, for I am what? I am what? See, oftentimes in tragedy, so the first thing, the first fear is this. Yes. You're not alone. The psalmist said, where can I go from your presence? If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. He said, before a word comes out of my mouth, he knows it. So I want to tell somebody here this morning that you're not alone. He, God says, do not fear. <clears throat> now that word fear has to do with frustration and being scared. And oftentimes we become so frustrated that we think that nobody understands or nobody know. I wish I had a few preaching folk with me this morning. <laughs> but watch this. God says, no, no, you're not alone. That's why he says, do not fear for I am what? With you. Tell your neighbor, God is with me. You're not alone. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll say one more time. Even though you walk through, but some of us are setting up camp in the valley. Some of us are purchasing real estate in the valley. Because you see, the valley can become a very comfortable place, but I'm going for it, y'all. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living, feeling like I'm all by myself in this. But I want to tell somebody here this morning, you're not alone in this. You don't have to get frustrated. You don't have to be afraid. The Lord is with you, but the fear of loneliness can cause us, amen, to fall into a state of depression. And then we move to a state of despair. And then we render ourselves ineffective for where we're about to go. In other words, we're just getting up every day coping, but we're lonely. But I want to encourage somebody here today, don't let the fear of loneliness hold you back. The next thing he says is this. He says, do not anxiously look about you. You know what they were looking at, right? They were looking at 
all the people around them doing better than them. Here I am in exile. Here I am in chains. Here I am tore up. Here I am broken. But watch this. But I'm looking around, but I want to show this, show somebody something. Watch it. Here's the next thing. Not only is the fear of loneliness, but the fear of failure. The reason we won't go forward, the reason we won't go for it, because some reason we think automatically we're going to fail. But tell your neighbor, God is big. Tell your neighbor, I'm going for it. Tell your neighbor, I'm not fooling you now. I'm, I'm for real. I, come on, y'all. Listen, I'm going to preach my way out of this valley. I'm going to preach my way out of doubt. I'm going to preach my way out of this thing. Because here's the thing. The fear of failure has held us back for too long. But the God we serve is bigger than anything that you can imagine. I could, I could tell you about days where I felt like I couldn't do it. Amen. I could tell you about days where I really felt that what I was looking at would turn out to be a failure. But tell your neighbor, Romans 8.28 stepped in. That, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I thank God that God can take my good. He can take my bad. There's nothing that God can't fix. But let me say something to you real quick. If you're following God, there's no failure in following God. If you're serving God, you gotta better believe that in due season you will rise. If you are a child of God, you're never going to fail. Because even when you mess up, God will make you up. Do I have somebody? <laughs> next thing. He said, don't actually look around you. He says, look what he says next. He says, one verse, verse 10. I'm still there. He says, for I am what? God, re why did God have to reassure them? I'll tell you why. When you've been in chains for so long, and when you've been in depression and amen, and you've been in captivity to whatever that is that you've been in captivity to, fear, you start to forget who God really is. So not only is it the fear of failure, but the next thing is, not in a good way, but in a bad way. You fear the very God that can take you out. You fear the very God that can deliver you. In other words, they had become so unfamiliar with God and how he works. I'm preaching to myself. Uh, uh, that, 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 that they were like, man, we all alone. I'm scared of that God. Because that's the God that put us in captivity. Tell your neighbor he did it for my good. Tell your neighbor stop blaming God. Stop being afraid of God and worship God and praise him and thank him for the thorns in your flesh. Thank him for the, the times that you couldn't understand what was going on. Because I want to tell somebody something. When you, when you become unfamiliar with who he, who he is, you will forget that he's the very one that can deliver you. See, they were afraid of God, the fear of God. And these are God's people. Are you with me? Look what he says next. He says, not only, not only 
<laughs> for I am your God. He says, I will what? I will what? I will strengthen you. Huh. And surely, surely, notice how he's changing, right? He changed the language and he says, surely. That, that word surely has the idea of in spite of. <laughs> and he tell you they in spite of. Amen. L- listen, listen, listen. He says, why is he saying I have to strengthen you? Because here's the fear. Here's the fear. Fear of weakness. I'm not strong enough to handle this, Pastor. Maybe I need to minister to you. I- I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. I don't think I can handle this. The fear of weakness. I'm not as strong as them. I'm looking around at these Assyrians, Babylonians, and Persians, and I'm saying, man, we, uh-uh, we can't do this. I'm looking at somebody who's smarter than me, someone who's better than me. Oh, come on, help me, somebody. Someone who got more resources than me. But I want to tell you something. I know somebody who owns everything. And I'm talking to somebody here today. The face of fear have compromised your life. Amen. And you have become weak. But you don't serve a weak God. We don't serve a weak God. We serve a God that created everything. As a matter of fact, Job said, God put the weight in the wind. Come on, somebody. He scooped out every valley. (laughs) Come on, somebody. He can move every mountain. He caps the mountain with snow. Amen. He holds the, 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 the lightning in his hand. He tells the lightning where to go. Did you know that's the God we serve? He put the bark in the dog. I was, uh, yeah, come on, somebody. The meow in the cat. The moo in the cow. Come on, somebody. But just in case you, you, know, you didn't know who he was. But when I'm weak, listen, the fear of weakness. Maybe it's the fear of weakness that has kept you down. Maybe that's why you won't fight no more. Maybe that's why you won't try no more. I'll tell you, neighbor, I'm going for it. Tell your neighbor, I'm going for it. No, no, no. You got to tell your neighbor like you mean. Now, don't fool your neighbor now. Don't, don't lie to your neighbor now. I got eight minutes and 42 seconds. Listen, listen, listen. Don't fool your neighbor now. Tell your neighbor, I'm going for it. Strength, that word strength means courage. But here's what it also means. The word carries the idea of being determined. I'm determined that I will not be stopped. That no weapons formed against you shall prosper. You need to get back your determination. You had a vision for life. You had a purpose. Come on, somebody. You got derailed, but it's time to get back up and stop allowing the fear to stop you. I got a few more. Watch this. Watch this, what he says next. Else he says next. He says, surely, right there at the end of 10, I will what? (laughs) You You see, God had to convince his people again. When fear sets in, that's what it does to us. But watch this. He says, surely I will uphold you. If you just step out on faith, if you trust me today, 
if you, if you say to fear no more, he says, I will uphold you with what? My righteous. Do you know what the hands of God represent? The hands of God represents power. The hands of God represents protection. The hands of God represents provision. Come on, somebody. And how many of you know that God is able with his righteous hand to lift you up from wherever you are? But here's the point. Here's the point. Here's where we fall short. Here's the fear. Not always the fear of weakness. Come on. Come on. Why won't you commit to God? I know you can go everywhere else but church. You can show up at every function. You won't commit to a ministry. My happy feet is moving now. <laughs> you won't commit to what God has entrusted you with. But you want God to do some real super big things for you. But God is saying, why won't you commit? Why do you have a fear of commitment? Oh, I've been hurt. You need to get over that. I know you've been hurt. I've been hurt too. And the longer you hang around people in church, you're going to get hurt. But tell your neighbors for your good. Yeah, I know you say, I don't need no church. You know, I, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just, listen, listen, listen. God operates through his kingdom. Amen. Not on your timetable, but on his timetable. And he has a creative order for things. Amen. And see, but the fear of commitment stops us from going forward. It stops us from going for it because once we, watch this, once we commit, that means we got to show up. And I'm talking to somebody not just in church. I'm talking about at your job. You keep moving around. You keep wanting to do this and wanting to do that. It's time to commit. You got commitment issues. Listen, if you don't commit to go for it, then how do you know what the outcome is going to be? Are you with me? Watch this. Watch what he says. Watch, it. Watch what he says. He says, I'll uphold you. See, that the beauty of commitment is this. God is holding you up. All you got to do is commit. But the fear of commitment stops us from going forward. Amen. I believe a lot of us could be living better lives if we would commit to the job we're at. If we would commit to saving. Mm -hmm. Commit to being good stewards. Amen. You waiting around. Oh, we, we've, been, we've, been, we've been engaged for 17 years. Bruh. Bro, you just scared of commitment. I don't want what happened in the past. Well, deal with the stuff from the past then and commit. Y'all don't want to go there. Good. Look at verse 11. Now, 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 verse 11 is deep. I got three minutes and 51 seconds. Watch this. Watch this. He says, behold, all those. See, because the moment that you decide to move out of fear, you're going to make some people angry. And the first person you're going to make angry is the devil. Because remember, fear is the opposite of faith. And without faith, I'm going there next week. And without faith, it's impossible to what? So watch this. 
He says, behold, all those who are angered at you, God said, I take care of them. They meant it for your evil. God meant it for your good. They lied on you. They talked about you. They said all kinds of things about you. But guess what? God going to turn it around. So the next fear is this. Not only the fear of commitment, but here's the next one. The fear of people. You allowing people to stop you. What they going to say. What they going to do. How they going to do it. And blah, 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 blah. Listen. All those who have angered you. God said, I'll take care of them. Told my wife the other day, we ain't got to say nothing. All we got to do is keep loving our enemies. I know it's hard. No, no, no. You got to pray for me on that one. My heart ain't right on that one. I said, baby, that's fear. Because if you let a person, watch this, allow you to hold them hostage, you may think that you're doing them a disservice, but you're doing yourself a disservice. Because when you can embrace them again and love on them and give them a few little pats on the back. Don't kiss them. Just give them a few pats on the back. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't stab them in the back. Give them a pat on the back. While they stabbing you. God said, I'll take care of them. So in other words, you got to face those people that told you you couldn't do it. And embrace them. Don't be mad at them. Those very people are the ones that's holding you back. Lastly, he says, those who contend with you (coughs) will be as nothing and will what? Perish. The last thing. Fear of people. Right there. See, you're looking for acceptance. That's why you ain't going forward. That's why you can't go for it. That's why you can't buy a shirt. (laughs) That's why you can't buy a shirt. (laughs) Because you know if you put it on now, you got to go what? Got to go for it. I'm trying to promote the shirt. (laughs) I'm not sure. If you have a glitch in your software, that fear has infiltrated, but it's time for an upgrade. It's time to, f- to face your fears and go for it. Story of the fire station. My wife told me a story with her permission. That when she was a little girl walking home, she would walk by the fire station every day from school. And she was terrified of fire station. I said, but why, why were you so terrified of the fire station? She said, I, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just thought there was something crazy going on inside of the fire station. She said until one day she was walking home from, from, from school and she had to use the restroom real, real bad. And, and, and she had to go use the restroom in the very place that she was terrified to go in. She said that when I opened the door, I realized that it wasn't all that bad. That there really was nothing to be afraid of. There was no fire trucks. There was no fireman in there. Come on, somebody. It it wasn't as scary as she thought. 
And so it is with fear. If you're going to go for it, you can't be afraid of what you don't know based on the information that you have. The only way to overcome the fear is to open the door. Come on, somebody. And walk in for yourself. You can't go based on what somebody else taught you. You can't base it on what you think you know. You can't base on your imagination because your imagination may mess you up. But you got to go into that fire station. And you got to walk around that fire station. And you got to say, hey, it wasn't all that bad. Give God a hand clap of praise. Glory to his holy name. Praise God. Listen, I want to say this to you as I come to, as I close now. One of the things that I realize, I realize I don't have to labor long. Amen. In preaching because you got it. But I want to say to somebody here this morning. I've already came to the altar and to the realization when I was putting the message together. That what has kept me from going forward is fear. I told you last week, I said, I'm afraid. Because, see, I'm a numbers guy. And when I start calculating the numbers and just don't make no sense, I should say that that's God. (laughs) But fear and these seven faces of fear, loneliness, failure, Fear of God, weakness, commitment, people, and acceptance has stopped us as a church, as a people, amen, in your marriage, in your relationships, whatever it is, fear is the enemy here. Especially that commitment piece. I remember when I got saved, man, it was a no-brainer for me. Because I realized something. I can't do life alone. I needed the community of believers. I didn't understand everything about church. But I knew I needed to be there. And if you're here this morning. And you're struggling with fear. Fear has unlocked your phone using its face. And now it's portraying as if it's you. You know that's not you. Some of the things you're doing right now, you know you wouldn't do it. But fear has changed the narrative of your life. And you want to come this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you come this morning? Would you come this morning? Would you come this morning? We want to pray for you this morning. Fear has set you in a place that you don't want to be.